High blood pressure is one of the most toxic risk factors for heart attacks, strokes, kidney damage, dementia, premature aging and certainly premature death. So bringing your blood pressure down if it's raised is incredibly important because it does reduce those risks. If you've only mildly raised blood pressure, then controlling your salt and alcohol intake, reducing your weight, eating a more plant-based diet and getting in moderate exercise 45 minutes to an hour most days of the week can help. But not in everyone. And often medications are needed because the pressure either doesn't come down or is too high in the first place. A question which we've raised on the health report in the past, though, is how intensively should your doctor treat you to get your blood pressure down to as near normal levels as possible? For the most part, intensive treatment does work, but a recent study which has done a long-term follow-up of people who were on a trial of intensive blood pressure control has had disappointing results. Professor Bruce Neal is Executive Director of the George Institute in Australia and a leading clinical trialist of blood pressure treatment. Welcome back to The Health Report, Bruce. Thanks, Norman. Tell us about that original trial and its findings for the length of time that it was followed up. Yeah, so what they did in the original trial is took about 9,000 people and they assigned half of them to go for the, the regular blood pressure target, which is less than 140 millimetres systolic, and the other half to go for a much more intensive target of around 120, less than 120 millimetres uh, systolic. Um, they managed to not quite reach those targets, but they got a big difference between the two. And what they found was that it produced um, quite striking reductions in your risks of having uh, a stroke, a heart attack, heart failure, and even premature death. And beyond just standard blood pressure therapy. In other words, that gap between the just doing your best and doing exceptionally well created that difference. Yeah, absolutely. So going for that lower target, which we always suspected was going to be um, beneficial, turned out absolutely to be so. In everyone? Uh, yeah, it was pretty, um, it, I mean, the study was of a, a, a limited size, but as far as we could tell, uh, we looked in different groups of people, older, younger men, women, people with and without different types of diseases, and it did look to be a pretty constant effect. So tell us about this follow-up study. Yeah, so what we, we often do with, with trials is we, we have that initial period um, where people are intervened on, and then the, the trial stops, the intervention stops, and we're interested to know if the benefits that we saw during the study um, persist, whether they have a, a legacy effect. So we follow the people uh, for a prolonged period after the closure of the trial, record the events um, in the same way that we did during the trial, and we look to see uh, if those differences persist, if they get bigger, or if they come back together. And just before we give the punchline here, I mean, there has been a theory for some time is that if you really intensively treat high blood pressure, can you get, because what happens with high blood pressure is the muscle in your arteries it gets thicker and your arteries become stiffer. And if you treat it, maybe the muscle in the blood vessels retreats a bit and the, and the arteries become more relaxed and therefore you might be able to reduce your blood pressure dose uh, tr tr treatment or get rid of it altogether? Yeah, I mean, there, there was a sort of um, a hope um, that uh, uh, if, you, if you treated people for a certain period of time, this effect might persist even if you took the, the treatment away because you were changing something that was sort of fundamental to the, to the vasculature in your body and that that would produce a sustained reduction um, in your risk of strokes, heart attacks and the like. So hit us with the findings on the follow-up for nine years. 
Yeah, so, um, I mean, they were a little disappointing. Um, what they found was that uh, um, the, uh, the benefits accrued during those first three years uh, disappeared by the time you got out to seven or eight years um, of, of follow-up. Um, what that means is... So, and, that, before you, and before you go on, sorry. and was that related, were they still on the intensive therapy or they'd gone off it? No, so so they'd basically gone off it. So what we saw, if we so we looked at the um, the risks of stroke and heart attack uh, for the first few years, saw that difference. We then looked at the risks of stroke and heart attack uh, for the subsequent five five and a half years, I think it was, and the differences in the risks uh, for stroke and heart attack uh, uh, went went away. But um, the 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 interesting observation was that during the active intervention period, there was this 15 millimetre or so difference between blood pressure uh, in the two randomised groups. But during the follow-up period after the intervention had stopped, quite as you would expect, that difference uh, disappeared um, and so did the benefit that, uh, that went with it. And were they able to examine, um, if, if it would separate people out according to their treatment, in other words, whether they were still on the treatment or not and according to their blood pressure level? Yeah, so they had um, limited data um, on follow-up blood pressure levels and follow-up treatments because they they didn't have the money and the resource that they had during the initial period to um, to do the intervention. So you you always end up with a with a bunch of uh, uh, questions about why did this um, why did this stop working, but. Almost certainly, the reason why you didn't get the blood pressure reduction is that once you stopped intervening intensively in that group of people, they stopped taking um, as many blood pressure medications. They're less adherent. Uh, they don't get seen by their doctor as much. They don't get prescribed as much. So the reason for this, presumably, is that what blood pressure treatment does is lower your blood pressure rather than change the cause of the high blood pressure. Yeah, certainly over the two or three year period that the initial study was done, um, it doesn't look as though that produced any of those sort of hoped for um, sustained changes in the in the vasculature that would lead to that long term uh, protective effect. Now, this study presumably changed the practice of general practitioners to more intensive therapy. It's not necessarily depressing for them because if they keep at it, you'd assume that the benefits maintain itself. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that is the key message from this study is that, you know, if you want to get sustained benefits from intensive blood pressure reduction, you have to continue to, to intervene in an intensive way. The, the challenge is that that's difficult. Um, it's resource intensive and it requires a different model of care uh, to that that we currently have. And what would that look like, that model of care? Well, I think there's a, there's a number of different ways that you could um, that you could approach it. Um, one of the the ways that we're particularly interested in is the idea of low dose combination polypills. So one of the challenges with getting your blood pressure down is that you often have to take two, three, or four medicines. Each of them comes uh, in a in a separate tablet. Uh, it comes with a, a separate set of instructions. If you can put all of those together in a single tablet, you can greatly simplify the prescription process for the doctor and also the practicalities of taking it uh, for the patient. And just finally, uh, you know, if, you're, if you're reducing your blood pressure just with standard blood pressure treatment, you're still going to get a benefit in terms of reduction. It's just you're not going to get the super reduction you get with intensive care. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've... Uh, 
for a long time been progressively lowering the, the thresholds, the targets for, for blood pressure. When we did the very first trials, 40, 50, maybe even 60 years ago now, the target was less than 160. Um, we did more trials, it came down to less than 150, more trials, less than 140. And now, in fact, most recently, we have a front trial from China suggesting that a target of 110 might actually be where we really want to get to. Gosh. Bruce, thanks for joining us. Thanks very much, Norman. Professor Bruce Neal, the Executive Director of the George Institute, Australia. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.